Understood. You want to play that back for everybody so they can hear what they did? <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. So, Steve, you're drinking beer. <laughs> uh, did that <laughs> go that far back? Where are you guys from around here? Okay. <laughs> Let's see if we could do that. <laughs> Let's see if we could redo. Yes, that's right. That's it. This feels very, very inorganic, guys. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna start it again. All right. And here we go. I apologize. Stab. But we would have lost that episode, and I would have been Son pissed. I mean, we have a lot more. Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll never perform for the first time time in front of a live studio audience in a show called Stab. Stab! Oh my god! Yeah, the first time. This is the first time. It's the first time we did this. Welcome to Stab, everyone. Uh, we're here. So now you're going too crazy. It's I'm good. Good, because I kind of felt bad for you know the other intro. So I'm glad we were able to reconcile that publicly. Uh, welcome to Stab, everyone. Here at uh, 1710 Broadway in Sacramento, California. We're here every uh, Friday around 10ish. Uh, show up at 9.30. I don't know. Show up at 7. Watch some other shows. Uh, are you ready to meet your contestants? Yes. Okay. Woo! Good. Steve Ferris. Cameron Schmid. Jojo Lewis. Yeah. And Jesse Jones. The Q-Man. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm your host, John Morris Ross IV. Welcome, Bob. Just in time for the restart. Uh, yeah, we'll wait till Bob sits down, and then we'll, and there we go, <laughs> perfect. Nailed it. Perfect. Uh, welcome to STAB, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming out. Steve, how uh, are you doing today? Uh, uh, what's your, um, uh, what's your sign, Steve? Uh, Leo. Leo. Yeah. Mm, we can't talk. Why is that? I'm a Sagittarius. Well, that's. Both fire, the same element. That's right. Oh. Too much fire. Oh. You know what that means. What does it mean? <laughs> it's pretty hot. It gets pretty hot. It means call the uh, the fire department. Someone put us out. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you still want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Good to see you. Do you have anything you want to... Push plug. Uh, come back on the twentieth for Apple Tree or nope. Oh nope. shit! The, the tonight, uh, the tonight play. play. The yeah. tonight play where Steve uh, and his friends, presumably, well, just <laughs> different people who I know who <laughs> okay. who are interested and in, we usually become friends after. Okay. <laughs> after. But they reenact a uh, Tonight Show from forty years ago to the date. Yeah, and I think tonight, or I mean, <laughs> what <laughs> on the. <laughs> On the 20th, we're actually going to take it to the... We've done 70s episodes for uh, everyone uh, before. Okay. We're going to take it to the 80s. Oh, Ooh. my God. Yeah. Wow. Very good. Uh, Who's on it? Who's uh, well, if we do this one, it'll have uh, Suzanne Summers. Okay. And you know uh, her from uh, the Thighmaster? <laughs> yeah, right. She went on to do a lot of that That's stuff. That's the biggest thing she did? <laughs> and uh, who else is on that one? There's a comedian. I don't remember his name, though. And, um, I'm just realizing, Stephen, and I don't want to step on it just in case you've already thought about it. Okay. But I think the one in May would fall on the last episode. It's, oh May, yeah. it's May 22nd. I think that's the last one. Uh. The last Johnny, I think. Well, yeah, but it's still May 22nd. Oh it wow. doesn't change the color. Yeah, oh, take. wow. It just okay. has to be on the same date. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. move on. Hey, Cameron. Well, that's Hi, <laughs> Okay. No, I'm just saying. Say I, I could be spoiling the May episode. Uh, I'm just saying. I was, I was just going to say that's a possibility. But what I was thinking about doing was, since we already did a May episode last year, mm. I might uh, flip it and either do an April episode oh, or sure. just skip it and go to and do a June episode. Yeah, 
Okay. This wow. is a great episode of Stab <laughs> <Yeah>. so far. <laughs> <laughs> let's so fucking let's start it over again. Happy I, start over again I just this realized there was the chance for a very trivial sort of thing on very Stephen's show. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Cameron. <laughs> Cameron. Yeah. I want to talk to you for a minute. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Um, what, yeah, what type of dogs are on your shirt? I think they're... Um, you didn't even check. You just <laughs> bought it willy-nilly. You're well, just I like, just know they're dogs. <laughs> I don't know. They're like terriers from here. They're longer than that. They got long <laughs> legs. Mm. What's that one? That the giant the, terriers. You know, because usually their noses <laughs> kind of go like they slope down like that. But there's the one that has the nose. Just <laughs> I used to think they were poodles, but they're not fluffy. Or they're not earlier. poodles. No. I don't know. No, it's a mystery. Sure. Mystery dog shirt. <laughs> Very good. Well. And I'm a Sagittarius too. You're Sagittarius. When's your when's your yeah. birthday? Oh. Huh? Huh? When's your birthday? December sixteenth. December nineteenth, sixty nine. Yeah. Oh. Sixteen, nineteen, close enough. Yeah, if you put them on top of each other, we'll get it. Yeah. Couple okay. Ones. Fire signs. I understand. Both of us are. Yeah. Three fire. You know signs. what that means? You're getting real hot. Oh my god! All right. Well, I can't wait to get to JoJo. <laughs> JoJo. Huh. JoJo Lewis. Hi. Um, you you do a you do a job. You have a job? I do. Yeah, I do. Can I plug it? <laughs> yeah. Where, where do you work? We want to have people. I work in an office. All right. Using that degree. That's right. <laughs> We've talked about this before. You have a master's degree. No, I have a doctorate. You have a doctorate. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know what the difference is. You have to call me doctor. <laughs> You're a doc- Dr. Lewis? <laughs> That's right. Dr. Dr. Lo- Jojo Lewis. They call it. <laughs> they do. They do. That they do, they do that. Yeah, well, um, now we're in repeating mode, so yeah. Um, you turned up the echo. Yeah. What's your, um? So what? What sort of things do you do in your office? I I wear glasses and am a calming presence when someone breaks their computer. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. <laughs> uh, when JoJo's not here, you could you could see him on his YouTube channel. Is it JoJo Has Fun? It is JoJo Has Fun. JoJo Has Fun. <laughs> you can watch him. Uh, I used this joke earlier out on the streets. He's basically the submissive chicken of 2020s. <laughs> you, just, you just text him and he'll do whatever you want. <laughs> For pay. All right. Um, That's the key. Jesse, Jesse Jones, we're uh, moving on from JoJo. What yeah. do you? How do you feel about JoJo? I'm I'm a fan. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait JoJo. What what sign are you? Oh yeah. You oh, a cancer. Sign. Okay. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> In our friendships groups, <laughs> friendship groups, you are. All right. Thank I you. I hate that you're this person now. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I hate it. Hate it too. <laughs> Jesse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh huh. Want to play stab? Might as well. All right. Woo. <laughs> I mean, I set all this up, so we might as well right. just do it. I guess. Uh, Jesse, what, what sign are you? <laughs> uh, I'm a Gemini. Gemini. Yeah. Huh? Let's hear any Geminis in the crowd. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> don't need your validation or judgment. All right. Well, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start the show. This first segment, it's it's one we all do. I I don't want to do the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I really just like, don't want to get into it. All right. Uh, <laughs> you know this this segment's called reorganization. Uh, please take the following acronym. What is it? <laughs> And reimagine it. What does it know? I got ahead of myself. What Sorry. does it stand for? Who or what does it represent? Uh, being that today is National Frozen Food Day. I don't know if you knew that. National Frozen Food Day. Uh, today's acronym is burrito. B-U-R-R-I-T-O. Uh, Steve, what does burrito mean to you? Uh, what does burrito mean to me? Um, <clears throat> bad, ugly, rich, rotten, international truck owners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you've ever driven on the freeway recently, you've probably seen a big rig. Uh, If you were paying attention, you might have noticed (laughs) that just like with cars, there are different brands of big rigs, too. (laughs) You probably know Peterbilt and Kenworth, but there are others as well. Freightliner, <laughs> Mac, White, Volvo, and International are other popular brands of big trucks. You know, <laughs> International didn't always make big trucks. There was a time when they also made pickup trucks and SUVs. <laughs> These were most popular in the 60s and 70s. That was also the time 
when being a bad, ugly, rotten <laughs> owner was also becoming popular. Now that International hasn't made trucks and SUVs for about 40 years, they've become collectible, making owners rich. I call them bad, ugly, rich, <laughs> rotten International <laughs> truck owners. <laughs> <laughs> because burrito means little donkey oh, okay. and a pickup or SUV <laughs> is like a little donkey to a big rig's actual <laughs> size donkey <laughs> alright very good very good Steve alright that was fun Cameron what does burrito mean to you uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to hear me uh, unveil my new documentary I've been working on. Uh, it's called um, Bill Undecided, Republican, Revolution, Insurance, Taxes, Overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, it's about this guy named Bill. He's kind of an ordinary guy I stumbled on, you know, uh, traveling the country. Uh, he lives out in the heart of te uh, Kansas. Sorry. Uh, he's a little salt <laughs> of the earth, but he's got a subscription to Rolling Stone and not just for the reviews. Bill's a craftsman. Uh, he works with his hands, but he lives with his heart. That's right. He's engaged, <laughs> newly engaged, to a girl named Trish, waiting tables at the truck stop diner. Sure. She's going to wear horse riding boots at their wedding. Isn't that something? <laughs> now, Trish doesn't vote. She says there's no point, and Bill has always agreed. Politicians are all the same. Uh, but things seem so different to Bill these days. People seem so much more upset about this upcoming election. Bill wants to find out why and maybe even vote for the first time in his life. Well, first things first, we're going to go across the country, do some research. Bill lives in a red state. He knows that, a full-on bubble. And he knows Rolling Stone doesn't have many answers these days, not since Matt Taibbi started focusing on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill and I hit the road, interviewing different folks of all different backgrounds about who Bill should vote for. We talked to academics, activists, Democrats, Republicans, white people, other people. <laughs> <laughs> Anarcho-socialists and libertarian secessionists. We covered it all. Bill learned so much from all these different types of people, and throughout the documentary, you really get a sense of that, and you get a sense of he becoming a new man, one who feels like his voice has power in this country, and one who's informed and ready to start making choices that matter, not just to him, but to everyone. And um, he's ready to make a big decision and vote. He actually told me before the show, and I haven't opened it yet, uh, who he's gonna vote for. Tulsi Gabbard? <laughs> <laughs> She, she has one delegate, Bill. <laughs> Way to Ken Bone this one. All right, documentary's <laughs> off. We'll see you all next time. Thanks. Very good. Very good. Who's <clears throat> down there, JoJo? Uh -huh. <laughs> JoJo? Sure am. Can't see you. Okay. Uh, burrito. What does uh, it mean to you? All right. Listen up, snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your substitute English teacher, Mr. Jojo. <laughs> and instead of going over your beta-ass book reports, I would like to play the following instructional video. And then I imagine the scene he puts the video on, and it's one of those old like VHSs. Mm -hmm. I'm weaving a spell with my words. <laughs> trying to get it. And then the voiceover goes, Hello, kids. This is Bradley. Bradley enjoys everything most kids enjoy. Here's Bradley and his friend playing down by the river. Mark Twain certainly didn't have anything to do with this fun time. <laughs> and here's Bradley at the 4th of July barbecue. Why, Bradley seems to know that burning pamphlets from those crunchy liberals can happen at any temperature over 451 degrees. <laughs> Looks like that Ray Bradbury needs to find a new line of work. <laughs> And here's Bradley again, gathered with his sweetheart in front of a Fox News. Uh-oh, looks like they're showing that crazy Bernie again. <laughs> Don't worry, they learned the two-minute hate without George Orwell. <laughs> when your teachers offer you copies of To Kill a Mockingbird, A Separate Piece, or anything by that goofy Bill Shakespeare, remember, Bradley understands... Required reading is totally optional. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Jojo. Bradley understands required reading is totally optional. Totally optional. Very good. Jesse Jones, what does burrito mean to you? I'm not very 
self-motivated a lot of the time, especially when it comes to basic everyday responsibilities and chores. So I found that I often need to gamify my daily routine in order to keep myself motivated enough to stay on task. For example, I'm sure I'm not the only one who finds even just the simple job of cleaning up around the house to be just too boring and tedious to inspire me to get it done. So for that chore, I've invented the Burrito Quest. (laughs) This is where I move from room to room, discovering more and more piles of accumulated shit that needs cleaning up. And instead of just throwing up my hands and hating myself even more, I remember, beneath useless rubbish rests important treasured objects. (laughs) (laughs) For example, from today's adventure, there, on the sturdy second-hand table of coffees, (laughs) what forgotten treasure lay lay buried beneath these accursed stacks of unopened, unwanted, and unrequested credit card pre-approval letters? Why, it's the Bill of Light from the kingdom of Smood. Once thought lost, but now known to simply be past due. <laughs> and so I give myself experience points, and I level, I level up my character stats and spells of declutterfication. And at the end of the day, when I collapse into the couch, Sobbing at what my life has become, that I have to trick myself into doing the most basic things. <laughs> I just collect those tears in little vials and call them potions of bygone sadness, which I can use later by throwing on the ground, breaking open the bottle, and releasing the captured tears to try to make me stop crying the next time. <laughs> It works sometimes, but when it doesn't, then I can just capture more potions from my face. (laughs) It's a real lose, win, lose, lose, lose. Also, for daily hygiene, I embark on the bathe quest. (laughs) Balls and taint, heroic exfoliation. It gives me a plus one to asshole cleanliness, <laughs> but I usually have to take a nap of recovery to plenish semen tokens. <laughs> very good. Man, very good. I'm using that at home with my children. Not the semen token part, but the... <laughs> yeah, the pick, thing. yeah, pick and choose yeah, which parts you yeah, use. Yeah, yeah, it's just... <laughs> Well, they are semen tokens. They are. Children are. <laughs> children are. It's actually true. Semen trophies almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, that, we, can we name the episode that? No. <laughs> it's, it's a front runner. It's yeah, yeah. Unless it gets better. All right. Uh, uh, that brings us to our second topic. Uh, the top three Google searches of... Gentle people on stage, please have composed three, uh, the top three Google searches from the perspective of the following. Uh, From the perspective of the type of person who stopped buying Corona beer because of the coronavirus. (laughs) If that person knew how to search Google, uh, what would they search? We'll do one at a time. Uh, Steve, what's your first Google search from that? Okay. Uh, What day is it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Very good. Cameron? Uh, are you allowed to drink Budweiser alone? <laughs> Very good. Jojo? Is there a Coors Light virus, comma, seriously? <laughs> Very good. Jesse? All right, well, I was going to save this one for later, but since Jojo brought it there. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. It's not, but I'll make <laughs> Is there such a thing as Coors sores? <laughs> 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 Very good. Steve, you're second of three. What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to put that into Google, actually. <laughs> what time is it? Oh, let's see what Very it good. Does. Cameron. 
<laughs> Is it okay to go to Panda Express? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Cho-cho. Says wrong. Uh, why do some trucks get their nuts cut off? It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good fucking question, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many neutered trucks out there. <laughs> no. yeah. Like the vast majority. The Ford Eunuch. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Facebook group for people who quit using Astroglide because of them cheating fucking Houston Astros. <laughs> Very good. And Steve, you're third of three. Uh, <clears throat> I changed it. Uh, okay, what time is it now? <laughs> Very good. Cameron. Um, will the eventual coronavirus vaccine make my kid weird? (laughs) 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 Is it incest if my sister and girlfriend have the same Aunt Flo? (laughs) (laughs) And Jesse (laughs) Jones. Is that border wall GoFundMe still active? I got all this extra beer money I ain't giving to Mexico no more. <laughs> Very good. That was the top three Google searches from the perspective of the type of person who would stop buying a beer because of the car. All right. Uh, that was fun. Huh? We're having fun. I think we hit our stride. Okay. Uh, Why is there hair on my computer? Okay. Uh, this next segment's called the top three. No, it's not. Nope. This next segment's called This Was Today Once. Uh, it's always the third one. Uh, Steve, on this date, 1998, Matt Beck, an angry lottie, lottery accountant, kills four people at a Connecticut state lottery. Also on this very date, 1982, Susan Birmingham makes the loudest recorded human shout, 120 decibels. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Okay. Uh, I was born in 1982. And I turned 16 in 1998. So both of these periods of time uh, have a lot of of meaning for me. I would still have been 15 on this day in 1998, though. And I also would not have been born yet on this day in 1982. I guess, to be honest, all I did today to celebrate is eat some peanut butter. I don't really like loud noises that much. So I didn't want to celebrate. I didn't even want to masturbate. (laughs) In my life, this date is really of no significance that I can think of. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the years that stand out. So I just dipped some carrots in peanut butter and chilled. All right, Steve. Very good, Steve. <clears throat> Very good. Cameron Schmid. <laughs> On this day, 1899, Bear registers aspirin as a trademark. Uh, also on this very date, 1981, Walter Cronkite signs off as anchorman, anchorman, anchorman of the CBS Evening News. Uh, how'd you choose to celebrate these two things combined? Uh, well, I think we can all agree the news isn't the same these days. <laughs> uh, things have changed. There's no more honor in telling a hard truth. Walter Cronkite was called the most trusted man in America. Uh, but when, at the still young age of 92, <laughs> Cronkite developed a bad case of cerebrovascular disease, could a, uh, Cronkite trust America to help him? No. And then he died, and now look at us. America needs Walter Cronkite now more than ever. So I I decided today that I was going to bring him back. Uh, The first step in reanimating someone who's been dead for 11 years is gathering as much physical tissue as possible. (laughs) So I moved over to Montana and found his resting place and started digging. (laughs) Jackpot! (laughs) (laughs) I heard a hard dink and I knew I was at the casket. Time to see what materials we were working with. And I'm not going to lie, things were rough. You know, a little aspirin brought to you by Bayer was not going to make this decomposed body ready for TV. So it was time for plan two. 
First step in recalling a soul from the post-mortal plane and trapping it in a mortal body is to find a host. Someone inconsequential to everyday life, but with some of the skills that Concrete had in his original form that he would need again. That TV voice and a handsomeness that suggests raw sexuality. (laughs) But no real career to speak of. I settled on Brian Williams. <laughs> I found Williams in line at Subway, and I waited until he wasn't paying attention, and I slipped a massive overdose of aspirin brought to you by Bayer <laughs> into his tuna melt. He fell into a coma. Perfect. Next, I needed to summon Cronkite's soul. I lit some candles, <laughs> drew a pentagram on the floor of Brian Williams' apartment, and I snorted a line of crushed aspirin brought to you by Bayer. <laughs> I chanted an AP style for hours before Cronkite <laughs> finally appeared. He was a chalky white apparition, and he told me this. My sweet boy, please stop this. You have gained power over my soul, but would you condemn me to a hellish second life in the weak, inferior body and mind of Brian Williams? <laughs> I beg of you, let me rest. I sighed, and I knew what I had to do, so with a snap of my fingers... I released Walter Cronkite from the spell that I had woven, and I felt his soul return to the post-mortal plane. (laughs) I cleaned up Brian Williams' apartment and got clear of the place before sending an anonymous email to Rachel Maddow saying, I'm worried about Brian. I saw him taking way too much aspirin brought to you by Bayer last night. (laughs) I knew that she would go check on him, and he'd be back to lying about being a war correspondent in no time. (laughs) And Walter Cronkite was right, everybody. To live a second life would be false, and he was an honest man. But I'm still young, so good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Walter Cronkite. (laughs) Very good, Cameron Schmidt. Very good. JoJo Lewis on this date, 2016. Nancy Reagan, American actress. 42nd first... 42nd First Lady of the... Yeah, there we go. Thank you. 42nd First Lady of the United States. Uh, She she died. Uh, Also on this very date... 1974, an Italian loses a record 1920000 at a roulette table in uh, Monte Carlo. Uh, how'd you choose to celebrate the two events I just barely read? Well, <laughs> see, these events are very closely related, John. Uh, you may not have known that. Just Nancy Reagan in general and this unnamed Italian. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever um, hopped on Wikipedia and looked up Nancy Reagan that bitch was buck wild, okay? <laughs> she was out of her goddamn mind. Did you know that every like week she would call an astrologist and yeah. ask her how to how the country should work <laughs> and would enforce those rules and if anyone complained she would just fucking fire them? That's pretty fucking crazy. What's her sign, by the way? (laughs) This is why I hate you and her. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Other interesting thing about Nancy Reagan, she fucks. Everyone knows it. She she liked being the first lady, but she loved being sloppy seconds. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. She described herself as five foot four of 100% come and get it, boys. <laughs> and if you look at her presidential her portrait in like the White House, I swear to God, that's what they base the outfits in a handmaid's tail on. A hundred percent. I'm not making any of this shit up. But here's the thing. In 1974, when she was the young, young age of 53, <laughs> she was a world traveler and she was traveling around and she ended up in Monte Carlo where a certain Italian who is unnamed in the historical records, but I have learned is actually named Mario Jumpman Mario. (laughs) (laughs) He was just gambling the night away at the roulette table. And Nancy, having hidden away her pudding-brained husband in a broom closet, (laughs) he wasn't the president then, so I can insult him all I goddamn want. (laughs) She approached Mario Jumpman himself and was like they made eyes at each other and then she tugged on his nose and ears like they did at the start of Mario 64. (laughs) And she was like, are we doing this? I think we're doing this. (laughs) But Mario was like, nah, baby, I'm I'm on the hottest streak. (laughs) Here's here's the crazy thing is the guy who does the voice for Mario... um, he says some pretty crazy shit when he pretends to be Mario. Like, 
He's like, he pretends to be Mario, and Mario always thinks about like lasagna and spaghetti and shit, which that seems more racist than the accent, quite honestly. But uh, Mario, uh, he he w- wanted to get finished uh, with uh, with his game of roulette, and so he was putting on a very safe bet. That was his plan. All of his money, very safe bet, one point nine two million, which in current dollars is about ten million. Um, and so Mario goes, he's trying to say, put it all on the black. But the moment he's about to say black, uh, Nancy Reagan um, puts her hands on his power mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> and Mario says, put it all on the dick. <laughs> dick is not a number or color on a standard roulette wheel. No, I said standard. <laughs> Meaning that, unfortunately, Mario <laughs> lost that $1.92 million. Uh, he did angry fuck Nancy Reagan all night, but that was going to happen anyway. <laughs> and it was only after this that he decided to move to video game land to hunt coins and shit. <laughs> so to celebrate her life and her contribution to the Super Mario franchise, I decided to come on stab and read you my Nancy Reagan Mario slash fiction. <laughs> you are welcome. Very good. Jojo Lewis. <laughs> Woo! Gross. Honoring our 42nd <laughs> first lady. <laughs> Jesse Jones, yep. on this date, 1323, uh, Treaty of Paris of 1323 was signed. <laughs> also on this very date, 1930, Clarence Birdseye develops a method for quick freezing food. Mm-hmm. Uh, how'd you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Well, Clarence Birdseye's quick freezing method immediately opened up the world of possibilities for terrible, reheatable, meal-type food substitutes. And the 1323 Treaty of Paris relinquished Flemish claims over and established a new count of the County of Zealand. (laughs) I don't know if you actually know that. Or if it, it's terrible if you do. Uh, it's a real place. Z-E-E land. <laughs> and so it's with these two inspirations of fantastical discovery in mind that I would like to quickly take you on a journey through a wondrous place which I just was just now introduced to. A place called Zealand. <laughs> the country New Zealand was actually named after Zealand. After it was sighted by Dutch explorer Abel Jonsun Tasmund. I may have taken liberties with the pronunciation. <laughs> New Zealand decided to go with Z-E-A instead of Z-E-E because it didn't want to be too fucking rad. <laughs> Parts of Zealand are actually below sea level. And it's a belief that this fact, this fact has led many explorers to mistakenly believe Zealand to be related to the lost continent of Atlantis. <laughs> that and their obsession with tridents. And of course, their tourism slogan, Dish might be Atlantis, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a new voice. <laughs> Gave it a try. Yeah. There are no 90-degree turns in Zealand. (laughs) All intersections are met at 45-degree angles. (laughs) Zealand is home to the annual Z-Fest, an arts and music festival headlined every year by Zach Wilde, Ziggy Marley, (laughs) Zoe Deschanel, Zac Efron, and EDM musician Zed. (laughs) In Zealand... There's a small box in the center of the municipality Hulst with a simple sign reading wishes along with small cards and a pencil tied to the box by a string. If you fill out a card and drop your wish in the box and it's not too fanciful, at the end of the week a random Zealand resident who has signed up to be a wish-granting Zini will, (laughs) will anonymously grant your wish in no later than two weeks to the best of their ability. <laughs> Admittedly, some of these F- Zealand facts were newly developed by myself. But some of them are true! <laughs> you might be able to distinguish which is which, but why attempt to demystify Zealand? 
Why not instead let one thing in your life be whimsical and wonderful and giddy and fun? <laughs> Why, you can even develop your own indisprovable truths about Zealand and share them on Twitter with the hashtag IndisputableZealandFacts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I may have just recently gotten back onto Twitter. And yes, I might be trying to justify that decision. But why not just fucking play along with us? <laughs> Prove to us anyone is listening <laughs> that these seven years have mattered. <laughs> that the, ima the magic of imagination is real. Zealand, over and out. <laughs> Very good. Jesse, take a miss. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Doing a department of tourism <laughs> instead. <laughs> I know if I'd write some new. All right. Well, uh, let's let's get to the fourth segment of the evening. Uh, it's usually called Battle Rapid, uh, but I was in a rush, so it's called Battle Raspit. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. Uh, please have composed a battle rap uh, verse or two against the following foe. Uh, Stephen Ferris, let's hear your battle rap against books. <coughs> okay. <laughs> this is the first time you guys have ever asked me to do a battle rap. Oh, my God. So I've never written one before, and <laughs> I think it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Sitting on the stand, looking at me like you're hot shit. <laughs> <laughs> Claiming you're on the New York Best Times bestseller list. <laughs> but I looked it up and it said, but I looked it up and it said that the claim is false. Maybe I should pull a page out and use it to dry my ball. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they wet? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't sell. <clears throat> If you were <laughs> by James Patterson, Amazon had no reviews because you don't matter, son. <laughs> it can't be long until you will be out of print, throwing you away like a piece of dryer lint. <laughs> It's too bad that Charmin doesn't publish books. I'd wipe <laughs> uh, every page in all my crannies and all my nooks. <laughs> so badly written, and on top of that, the hero dies. Even if I could, I wouldn't read you with my friend's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Steve. A natural rapper. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Cameron Schmid, uh, let's hear your battle rap uh, against bushes. Yeah. Um, you really think you're pretty? You look like a fucked up tree. And you look so shitty with your stupid little leaves. Might take my lawnmower, give you a taste of this. Might go get a flamethrower and burn you to a crisp. <laughs> You're a stupid plan. You deserve to die. Gonna grab a Molotov and do a fucking drive-by. <laughs> You're from Home Depot. You're not better than me. <laughs> I can take you there and dump you in back in section B. <laughs> That's the garden section, you stupid fucking bush. <laughs> Gonna shove my foot up your stupid green tush. <laughs> Very good, Cameron. Yes. Very good. Very good. Two viewers on Facebook. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Tell them to leave now. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Jojo Lewis, uh, Battle Rap Children. <laughs> what a... What a sentence to be said to me in my life. <laughs> Kids, you're such a giant waste of space eating shit up off the ground with your ugly booger face. A disgrace to the rest of the entire human race. You're the first group of people I'd ever hit with mace. <laughs> 
You never eating veggies because them shits is too green. You go to bed in your school clothes because you hate to be clean. <laughs> Throwing up from eating candy because you ate your own spleen. That's a diabetes joke. Fuck kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> very, very good, Joe. Joe. Very good. Joe Joe. Uh, Jesse Jones. Yep. Battle rap titties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> titties, titties, <laughs> soft and sweet. Titties, titties can't be beat. <laughs> and who'd want to beat on titties anyway? With titties, I'd much rather play. <laughs> Come on, titties, I don't want to battle you. <laughs> Come on, titties. To do that, I'd have to straddle you. (laughs) I'm just so happy no one else did this voice. Because to me, it seemed the most obvious choice. It's not my fault you wrote Rasp, John. I did. (laughs) You non-proofreading lout. (laughs) Thank you for serving me up. Such an easy cop out. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That was Battle Raspin. Which I know you're going to be a dick. Jesse <laughs> keeps track of, uh, there's this big form that is online somewhere uh, <laughs> where Jesse keeps track of which shows have which prompts. And I bet this one's going to get its own little special section <laughs> as Battle Raspin. Well, everybody Just else did actual Battle Raps. I, was, <laughs> I actually, I did have an alternate line. Uh, I'm frankly not surprised someone else did this voice. <laughs> Just in case somebody did. <laughs> Very good. I like to cover my bases in my shitting on you. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, this brings us to our final segment of the evening. Woo! Very good. <laughs> Thank you for... Uh, called Movie Makeup. Woo! Uh, please compose a synopsis based off the following made-up movie titles. Um, these titles were also brought to us by wordcounter.net's random word generator. Steve Ferris, the name of your movie is called Dad Beef. What's it about? Okay. <coughs> uh, this is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. I guess he's never done a comedy, so I cast him in this. <laughs> and Jake Gyllenhaal is in their, their first comedy. He might have been in one before, but whatever. Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy. <coughs> man. Boy. Yeah. Donnie Boy. Darko's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't laugh that Sorry. much. But <laughs> <laughs> the Fairley brothers uh, write and direct. Uh, two dads have a beef stemming from a childhood birthday party gone wrong. Uh, they were at the park trying to feed the ducks and geese, but Leo's character chases all of the birds away. Um. So now <clears throat> they're uh, grown up and their kids are friends and go to the same school. And Jake Gyllenhaal's character uh, works at a wildlife rehabilitation center. He cares about <laughs> ducks and geese and stuff. And um, <clears throat> Leonardo DiCaprio's character is a construction worker. And they've always, like, avoided each other as much as they could. It's like drop off the kid to play or something like that, but don't talk, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Until one day, uh, Leo injures a bird with a nail gun. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) he doesn't know where else to take it. (laughs) So... He has to go to Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. And say, hey, like, <laughs> That's the end got, of the movie. There's a nail in the wing. Like, <clears throat> I guess it would. he'd do it and the, the nail would go through the bird's wing. Mm-hmm. Like a pigeon or something that landed on the framing while he was trying to... Wasn't on purpose. Right. And so then he has to like, he has to cut out the part of framing <laughs> that he nailed it to. <laughs> redo that so it doesn't fall down and then take that cut off piece with the pigeon on it right like bird box 
much. Right. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why he carries. He didn't carry when he was a kid, but. <laughs> so. All right, Steve. Very good. <laughs> very good. Very good. Still have two viewers. All right. Uh, <laughs> they didn't leave. Cameron Schmid. Mm. Uh, the name of your movie is called Violent Sparkle. Violent Sparkle. September 21st, 2001. The U.S. is still reeling from the attacks of September 11th. Spirits are low, and experts worry that the country will never be whole again. But then, one actress, or sorry, one musician, with a voice so pure and a level of narcissism previously unseen, <laughs> made the selfless decision to release what to this day is known as one of the worst movies of all time. I'm talking, of course, about Mariah Carey in Glitter. <laughs> With a score of 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, Glitter reminded us all what America believes in at a time when belief was scarcely seen. We believe in star power, and we believe in movies about people overcoming the odds, and we believe in telling those stars when they're unequivocally bad in a movie about someone coming, overcoming odds. Glitter, along with wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, made this country whole again. But now, we're divided once again. Most of the country hates our president, but can't decide who should replace him. Worst of all, the two candidates are a socialist who had a heart attack last year and a pervert with dementia. <laughs> we need someone we can all agree on. So some, uh, coming in November of 2020, a movie we can all say is destined for failure before we see a second of it. Violent Sparkle, starring Mariah Carey. <laughs> with special guests from today's incredibly unlikable pop stars. Katy Perry. <laughs> Taylor Swift, Madonna still, <laughs> <laughs> Violent Sparkle, it's going to suck. <laughs> Very good, Cameron Schmidt. Jojo Lewis, uh -huh. the name of your movie is called Accessible Volcano Sister. <laughs> Accessible Volcano Sister. <laughs> Do you, do, you, do you even think about the trouble that you bring onto this yes. world with the shit that you do, Jeff? John, Jeff. I'm, I'm confused. I'm very upset. Jesus. Anyway. <sighs> Accessible Volcano Sister. <laughs> Dan Brown. Not the Dan Brown who wrote The Da Vinci Code, but another Dan Brown that I named for this movie. <laughs> Had the life that everyone wanted. I'm starting my new job, not writing the sequel to The Da Vinci Code. I wrote Dan Brown. I didn't want to have to change it. <laughs> but he discovered that he was missing the love of a beautiful woman's landmark sibling who's threatening to blow up a town? Can't Dan tame the savage heart of the combined power of 30 atomic bombs? Or will he be seduced by the sister who's a person? This summer, watch Chris Pratt, Melissa Joan Hart, and introducing Pompeii the Mountain in Accessible Volcano Sister. You're going to lava this love triangle. <laughs> Very good, JoJo. That's terrible. That's so bad. Yes. All right. It's a long way for the lava line. <laughs> Got to end somewhere. <laughs> All right, uh, let's end the show. Uh, mediocre. <laughs> We're getting up. You're not uh, wrong. <laughs> Jesse Jones, the name of your movie is called Camp Letter Limp. Mm -hmm. Camp Letter Limp. Very good. There you go. <clears throat> Camp Letter Limp's the story about some rugged sums of bitches <laughs> what cleared out a bunch of fucking bullshit forest trees just because they looked at them wrong. <laughs> Then they done thought, well, shit, man, we might ought to might as well do something with this here new open space out in a wilderness and some shit. These fuckers, Diesel, Goo Giggity, and Shaw McGraw. See, all the kids they kept pumping into chicks turned out to be fucking girls. <laughs> Not a son between them. And every single one of them had at least four daughters apiece. Now, they was getting older, starting to see maybe they was fuck-ups what didn't do no good their whole life. And they knew if they didn't teach their girls upright, they might end up with some dumb fuck like their daddies. <laughs> 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 
So they decided they was going to change their life. And what, what I did somehow come up was a summer camp what's exclusive for girls what done got a minimum of one fucking leg injury. <laughs> they was going to teach them how to stand up on their own two-ish feet. <laughs> it's Camp Litter Limp! <laughs> and I shot on your lava, Joe. Uh, <laughs> camp Litter Limp. They decided real early on the Camp Litter Limp weren't going to have no crutches <laughs> or wheelchairs. <laughs> Or none of them kneel-on, scoot-scoot, fucking bullshit cripple skis. <laughs> Camp litter. They weren't going to got fuck all about nothing what will help these girls walk no better at all. A Camp Letter limp, they build up a lady's fucking independence and fortitude and shit. Philosophy was, you need some stick of wood or aluminum to prop you the fuck up. <laughs> Then someday you're going to be leaning on some shit heel bullshit dudes for your needs, and you're going to get stuck depending on a fucking waist just shitting your life down your leg. <laughs> but if you learn how to deal with a with some little fucking limp now, sure, you're, you're sure as shit going to be able to take care of yourself later down the road. The theory was not sound. But that was just the first shit diesel goo giggity and Chalt McGraw figured they had to overcome their own terrible idea. <laughs> and once they did that, they knew they could teach any broke down young lady how to unfuck their lives. <laughs> Camp letter limp. Fucking heartwarming as a motherfucker. Rated 13 pig titties or some shit. <laughs> Probably because them highly queer movie people weren't ready for this kind of wholesome <laughs> message of girl empowerment. <laughs> or just as likely, fucking accents was too thick and they didn't know fuck all what was being said. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Very good. That's the end of Stab. One more time for all the contestants you saw this evening. <laughs> Stephen Ferris. Cameron Schmidt. Jojo Lewis. Jesse Jones. Uh, if you want to hear... More uh, stabs. Go to one of our many online outlets. The primary of which being Stab Four Gold. Stab the number four gold dot com. <laughs> Give us a call at nine one six Dad Cunt. <laughs> that was a, still an actual number we have. Okay. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Very good. Boy, where that memory just resurfaced. That we. That was our first phone number for Stab. It was. was. It's a Google Voice number that may or may not still exist. Nine one six Dad Cunt. <laughs> was it 916 or did we have to go with like an 87? Maybe it was. Seven Just, or something. You know, try them all, everyone. Yeah. We'll look all it up. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah, thank you, everyone. Yeah. yeah.